Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. Support for The Zest comes from People's Gas, delivering clean, efficient, and affordable natural gas for cooking at home with precise temperature control. More at floridasenergy.com. So we found ourselves super stressed going to work, coming home from work, you know, like work-related issues. You know, we were starting to bring that home with us. And the only place where we found sovereignty and peace was in our garden. I'm Delia Cologne, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and Southern charm. The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. If you've been fantasizing about leaving the rat race behind to grow your own food, maybe raise chickens, then you need to hear my conversation with today's guests. Chris and Kiona Wagner are the owners of Rocky Soil Family Farm outside of Tallahassee. They get real about what it's like to start a farm, and they offer tips for reconnecting to your food without quitting your day job. Thank you for eating up the latest episode of The Zest. WUSF Public Media also offers a delicious podcast focused on arts and culture in the Sunshine State. The Arts Access Florida podcast highlights arts and cultural organizations right here in Florida. Learn more about these unique institutions, how you can be a part of upcoming events, and so much more. For a culturally enriching experience, subscribe to the Arts Access Florida podcast wherever you listen to podcasts or visit artsaccessflorida.org. That's arts, A-X-I-S-F-L dot org. Thanks to our founding sponsor, Community Foundation Tampa Bay. You could call Chris and Kiona Wagner trendsetters. In 2019, before the COVID pandemic forced all of us to reevaluate our priorities, the couple decided to make a big change. They moved from bustling South Florida to the sleepy town of Monticello, just outside of Tallahassee. That's where the Wagners run Rocky Soil Family Farm. They sell their fruits, vegetables, herbs, and eggs at local farmers markets. They're also adding spaces for a bakery and farm-to-table dinners. Maybe you've been dreaming about quitting your nine to five and living off the land as the Wagners did, but trading traffic for tractors isn't always easy. During their transition to rural life, the Wagners welcomed twin daughters who, while adorable, take up quite a bit of time and energy. They also have a teenage son. During the twins' nap time, Chris and Kiona made time to chat with me. In our conversation, the Wagners get transparent about how the fantasy of farm life lives up to the reality and why, for them, it's ultimately worth it. They also explain how we all can reconnect with our food without going completely off the grid. Chris starts by explaining how Rocky Soil Family Farm got its name. We were actually going to pursue a purchase of a strawberry farm in Homestead, Florida. And Homestead is basically nothing but coral. And that's where we came up with the name of of Rocky Soil Family Farm. Little did we know where we are now, there's no rock inside anywhere. So now it became a metaphor of if you face a rock, climb over it, under it, on the side, but make it happen. We are what you call market farmers. We grow a variety of vegetables, herbs, and fruit 
And so the concept of our farm is you buy fresh, not just one or two things like just kale or collard greens. People leave our stand with seven, eight, 10 different items. So we're considered like a a market, like a grocery, with the exception of everything is grown by us from seed and harvested by us, packed by us. And I mean, it's it's a totally different concept than just going to a, a big chain store and buying something that was, you know, grown, mass produced out of the country and then shipped thousands of miles, preserved and by how many chemicals? Touched by thousands. Yeah. Here it's touched by four hands, ours. And we know exactly what's in our food and there's no additives, no herbicides, no pesticides, absolutely nothing. I was going to ask you, what's the importance of buying local? And you just sort of addressed Ah. it there. Did you say the food is touched by four hands? So whose hands are the four hands? Kiona's two and mine too. Okay. (laughs) And that's it. And what about your kids? It's called Family Farm and the most adorable kids running around the farm. So tell me about them. Well, the, the twins, our babies, they're touching nothing edible yet. However, we also have a 14-year-old son, and he's awesome enough to help us when it's really crunch time during harvest. So then we have six hands out there, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, he steps in, and if there's any kind of tractor work <clears throat> that needs to be done, he loves to hop on the tractor. We really have that family aspect, and the girls like to feed the chickens and carry the baskets. So everyone plays a role in, you know, doing something here to make our farm happen, you know, and we haven't been doing this long. We probably should have added that we, we started our farm in 2019. And it's a happy farm. It seems like a happy farm. And to be completely transparent, my five-year-old is in the next room playing Mario Kart while I'm doing this interview with you. So the idea of your kids helping to grow these vegetables and when they're old enough to, you know, use the tractor is very appealing to me. Let's back up to 2019. Why did you decide to make this move and what were you doing previously? I was a director of culinary operations at a very large culinary school, which was part of a, of a bigger private university in Miami. I did this for over 20 years until it became new management and things started turning to the bad, ultimately the worst. And we knew what was coming and Keona and I, we prepared for that exit for about three, four years. And we didn't want to wait to the end and then just sit there and, and now what? So we prepared carefully and we were looking for land for a year, a year and a half. And we found land and... We started our passion, and the passion grew from our house in in Hollywood, Florida, where we had maybe a quarter acre, but that quarter acre was a full-blown farm. So the love for food and all of this, me as a chef, was always there. The mediocre food that you can buy or get delivered from big companies was always an unbelievable thing for me. So I always wanted to have food that I can actually give my baby without concern. I worked at the same university. So that's actually how we met back in 2013. And we would commute to work together and we would just be so stressed out. You know, Miami mm. traffic. If, if I'm sure Tampa, you know, may have something similar, but Miami is on a different level with traffic. It is, it is. And <laughs> so we found ourselves super stressed going to work, coming home from work, 
work-related issues. You know, we were starting to bring that home with us. And the only place where we found sovereignty and peace was in our garden. And we wanted to tap into that full time. You know, life is short and we didn't just want to be like small players in, in this, you know, corporation just trying to climb the ladder. You know, we wanted something more meaningful. And 2019 is when we had the opportunity to make it happen. And so we did. And why did you choose to relocate from South Florida to the Tallahassee area? What about that part of Florida is good for a garden or a farm? We looked all over. We we considered Tennessee and the Carolinas. You know, if we were going to take the plunge and leave job security for a new life, we wanted to really, um, you know, wake up someplace that made it worth it. And after a couple of years of searching for land, not finding the right piece of land near decent schools and a community that we wanted to serve, Monticello was the last area that we stumbled across. And it just so happened we have three acres covered in beautiful oak trees and then, you know, 10 acres of just open land. And it's it was perfect for the business that we wanted to create. We met the owners fell in love with the owners. They fell in love with us and they actually came to the hospital when we delivered the girls. So we became really good friends. <laughs> this is, there are so many parts of your story that are wild because I was looking at your YouTube channel and you were extremely pregnant with twins, building things. I mean, you sort of document the transformation of the property on YouTube. And like when I was pregnant, I could barely rearrange my bookshelf. So what made that the right time? Or is there never a right time? Well, let's put it this way. We left the stress of Miami and got blessed with twins. So they came. What are we going to do? To be transparent with you, we have been trying for a couple of years. And I think nature just told us that we need to change our lifestyle. We need a change of pace. And we did that. And when we moved here, I mean, we live in a town, there isn't a single traffic light. So <laughs> to go from the chaos of big city living to country living, we got here and we exhaled. And I guess we ex we exhaled a little too deeply and boom, twins. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. It does seem like a fantasy because there are moments when I think I don't want to put up with this traffic anymore. I don't want to sit in front of a screen all day. Thank you for sitting in front of a screen for this interview, by the way. But how does the fantasy live up to the daily life of operating a farm? Support for the Zest podcast comes from Seitenbacher brand natural foods like muesli cereals, oils, oatmeal, energy bars, gluten-free fruit gummies for the kids, organic coffee, and more. Available in supermarkets, health food stores, or online at seitenbacher.com. First, I want to say that the last thing I wanted to face was thinking on my deathbed, I wish I would have. I think this is probably the worst thing you can you can ask yourself when it's too late for everything. So the difference between corporate life and our life, believe me, the workload is about the same, if not more now. And yeah. leaving a corporate job, which was not so secure anymore. Don't get me wrong. It was a very unsecure job at the end. But the 401ks are not there. The Health insurance. Everything is on you now. So it's the business part of your own business now. 
And then it's it's the work in the field. It's the work in our bakery. We, we're building a bakery. The workload is the same. The stress is not the same because now it's for us. And we can decide when to do what and why and what are we uh, going to incorporate next year. And we are very progressive people. And we want to totally transform what we did two years ago and where we are now, which we are miles miles beyond we would have ever expected where we are now, it seems to be that the, the way is paved for us to do exactly that. Literally, we started with one plot in a small greenhouse. The plot was 50 by 30 feet to having about over three acres planted right now. And for two people, it's quite a bit. It just seems like it would never end. What's been the biggest surprise? We actually made it. We were not sure. We had, like I said, that little plot we had before. We had a lot of food on it. Then I talked to Kiona. I was like, how are we going to sell this stuff? Now, we don't have a market. We don't know people. What are we going to do? You know, it's going to rot in the field and we fail. So she went online, went on, on, on Facebook Marketplace and started advertising. And what you know, two days later, people came. They told others and they came. And some of them still come. And this was really the step into a market. Yeah. You know, where we can sell what we produce. You can have the best and the nicest looking vegetables. If nobody buys them, they're useless. Yeah. You know, so it's it's the complete opposite now. People seem to be really taken on to the quality of our food, which is extremely high. We are very food safe when it comes to that. We're nice people and they like us. <laughs> I can see why. Definitely. Chris, you mentioned that you had a background in the culinary world, but did either of you have any background in agriculture? How did you learn all of this? Well, I grew up with my grandma having big gardens and planting food. And I remember me being a kid and we went out there and picked berries, sat down on the stoop and ate them. But um, even though it was a farming community where I come from, we were not farmers. But I always had a garden and I always loved it. And around our school, I was also a big part of an edible landscape design, which we ended up with over 200 or 300 species at the end. It just always gave me pleasure. And, and it always was remarkable to me how little people know about where food's actually coming from. You know, is a, does a banana, does it grow on the ground? No, it actually doesn't. How does coffee or how does cacao grow? And so. Since we were in Miami, a subtropical climate, we had all these plants and it opened people's eyes, not only kids. We had tours, more tours than we would have ever imagined. So people in the community and other schools and, and other universities came in and had an interest in it. So I always had an interest in growing food and it, it just programs your mind totally different. You know, and you know it, you give a, a, a child a seed and put it in the ground, it will tend to that seed. If you put that seed in the ground, the child could care less. Chris, where did you grow up, by the way? I grew up in Augsburg, Germany, which is about 30 miles west of Munich, so southern Bavaria. And that's where I grew up. I went to school. I started to become a chef over there at 29. I did my master chef degree, and then I moved on into the big, big world and came to Palm Beach to work on a very large private yacht. Wow. And now look at you, a complete 180 from the yacht. Totally. <laughs> and Kiona, what about you? Where did you grow up and, and what sort of relationship did you have with your food before you started this? I'm from Los Angeles, California. So I grew up big city um, where you don't have a lot of growing space at your house. 
And uh, my parents are from the South. So they've always grown up with some kind of garden. Um, and my dad made sure that he incorporated a garden wherever we lived. And so my childhood home, um, I always think back to this small little tiny plot of greens that he would grow every year. Um, we had a beautiful lemon tree that was so productive. And so I guess I get my green thumb from him. I guess he planted a seed in me that I really didn't have a chance to water and nourish until we moved into our house in Hollywood and started this garden. And I have to say, Chris is the one that had the the vision for the garden and ultimately a farm. And my background, um, I did a lot of event planning and things like that. So we just wanted to kind of merge our dreams together. And it's still very much a learning curve for us. You know, we're in a whole new climate. We were used to subtropical climate and now we have winters. <laughs> so <laughs> it's very different for us now. Rocky Soil Family Farm will not just be the agricultural part. There will be a hospitality part with a bakery, dinners in the fields, events, and education. So these are our three main focus points and divisions that we ultimately want to be at. It all sounds so dreamy, but talk to me about doing this as a couple because the stakes are very high. If, if the stuff doesn't grow, you literally do not eat and you have to work together. Talk to the couples out there who are thinking of not even doing something on your scale, but maybe just starting a garden in their backyard. We have been speaking to people and it's a question that we hear a lot actually. So first of all, I think you need to find the perfect partner. Because if you have somebody that's not willing to work hard, and Kiona is one of the hardest working people I have ever met in my life. Because it's not just sitting on the computer working hard, it's out there working hard with body and soul, and this in 110 degrees heat, or in the cold, it doesn't matter. So this, this is the most important part. And then obviously you need to be civil to one another in any aspect. But on the other hand, there's, there will always be a little piece of friction. And then just make make sure that your farm or your backyard's big enough that everybody has a place to go. <laughs> you go over there, I go over there. See you tonight. And when you come back, all is good again. And we actually do that. I mean, everything's not like perfect for us. Everything isn't happy all the time. You know, there are times where something is something isn't happening right, something isn't growing right, or we have crop failure. We have caterpillars that should be dead right now in January, and they are not, and they're eating on our, you know, on our money, on our cash crop. And um, it, it does sometimes, it causes um, frustration. One thing that Chris and I have had to learn in this new journey in our life is that no matter what is happening around us, the chaos that's happening around us, we have to, at all times, be respectful to one another. So you can be upset about something, but you can't direct that frustration at me and in, in it's vice versa. I can't take that frustration out on him. So um, I think a lot of people have issues no matter what you know their situation is. It's, it always comes down to communication. And we've had to learn very quickly because in transparency, this past summer was the most difficult summer of our lives. And we had to find a way to 
keep everything afloat. There was so much pressure. I don't think either of us have ever experienced the amount of pressure as we did this past summer. We know we never want to be there again. It was just tough because most of these issues that came up turned into fear, fear of, of are we going to make it financials? I mean, there's a lot of pressure. We have big <clears throat> dreams for our business and for our family. According to all the YouTube videos we are watching of, of farmers and people that do exactly the same thing we did, it seems to be status quo. Everybody goes through it. I appreciate your transparency and the fact that you started this right before the pandemic that we didn't see coming is just amazing to me. I know a lot of people who are trying to sort of get back to nature having gone through the pandemic, but you all paved the way. What advice do you have for families looking to be a little more connected to the land, maybe not go all the way there like you guys did? Support small farms. Go away from supermarkets, no matter if they are well, we are organic or we're not organic because none of them are. It's an easy sale to make. They charge twice as much as we do, and you have no idea where your food is from. Get to know your farmers. Go out there. We outdoors are open. We're basically a glass cage where everybody can come and see what we do and know what you're putting in your stomach. Grow a little bit at home if you can. Even on a balcony, you can grow in a box, and if it's just herbs, but you know where those come from. You know, and if you go to the supermarket, you see this little plastic sleeve, like three sticks of, of rosemary in it for three dollars. Really, you can grow rosemary for the rest of your life for that type of money. If you can find a farmer in your area to support, whether that's going to their farm directly or shopping at farmers markets or some kind of co-op or something like that, you are doing so much more for for your lifestyle and for your health as well as your your direct community because that money stays within that community. And I, I can personally attest to when we had our small garden and even now, you know, I picked our greens fresh New Year's Day. And to me, picking those greens and, and washing them, but you don't have to do a hard wash because there's no chemicals, there's no pesticide or anything on there. But having that, that pleasure and satisfaction of picking greens and cooking things that, that I grew, that was the extra flavor, a, an invisible flavor that went into the food. So we know that our customers experience that as well. Even a simple carrot or a cucumber, it just has so much more flavor than a supermarket item. You know, we hear that all the time. And I think our number one item that we grow and sell is our salad mix. And so we custom blend a salad mix. We pick it fresh the day before we sell it. And our customers will go on vacation for a week, two weeks, and they come back and their salad is still fresh. You know, how many times do you, you know, you buy something in a bag and then you look in the bag and you see like already rotten, rotting bits at the bottom of the bag, you know, and you have two days to eat that. I think finding that connection with the food is it's probably what I would advise anyone that's looking to create a better relationship with what they eat and how they cook and, you know, experiment with growing. Pick one thing that you want to try and grow, something simple, and care for that one thing and see how it comes to life 
and and see how you connect with, with that one thing. And next thing you know, you'll have 13 acres. <laughs> There's a lot of people that think the, the words farm to fork or farm to table are just metaphors. No, they're not. They're reality. You just have to go and buy from farms and buy from local farms, not from a farm in, in, in South America because you want strawberries in November. Eat seasonal. Eat from the farms around you. Your body is actually made to eat what you need in that season and that grows around no matter where you are. Wow. A lot. <laughs> it is a lot, but it seems manageable. I just made collard greens for New Year's and I'm going to make it my goal to grow my own for next year this time. So is there anything else you two would like to add? I know you've got the little ones. They were pretty quiet. How old are they, by the way? 21 months. 22 months, months yeah. now. One is asleep, the other one's awake, and then this is what they'll do. They'll switch, and then the other one will fall asleep. And Yeah, you know, with, you know with kids. I get it. And which is tricky because we have to manage, you know, our business with kids. So we have a, a huge playpen that they, they lived in for quite some time, and we would drag that playpen all over the place. And as long as they can play in the dirt, they're quite happy, actually. Yeah. They need a couple of showers before they go to bed, but they're happy, and so are we. Oh yeah, they're living the dream. And I just have so much respect and admiration for the two of you and what you've done, and I wish you continued success. Thank you so much for your time, and thank you for that recipe too. You're more than welcome. Hopefully you like it. Chris and Kiona Wagner are the owners of Rocky Soil Family Farm in Monticello. You can find that recipe for kohlrabi a la creme on our website, thezestpodcast.com. I'm Dalia Colon. I produce The Zest with Andrew Lucas. This week we had help from Chandler Balcom, Mark Hayes, and Hannah Abdel-Majid. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media, copyright 2022.